Welcome to The Friendship Paradox, a podcast about friendship, personalities, and everything in between. I'm Brianna. I'm an extrovert, an Enneagram 2, and the epitome of a Virgo. (laughs) And I'm Stephanie. I'm an introvert, an Enneagram 9, and an Aquarius rising. And we're best friends. We're not personality experts. We're just two friends who like talking about personalities and want to share that with the world. Come along with us as we explore how two very different people approach all types of events from weddings to family gatherings and more. Let's get this party started. I'm coming out, so you better get this party started. I'm coming out. I'm coming. Oh, that was great. (laughs) I loved it. Hey, Brie. Hey, Steph. Welcome to season two, episode two of The Friendship Paradox. This season, we're talking all about events, and today we're going to discuss family events and how differently. Family. (laughs) Sorry, you knew I had to. (laughs) Of course. How differently and so similarly. We approach family events. And don't worry, families who are listening, we're not going to get into the nitty gritty of our family dynamics. We're just going to talk about how we feel and interact with our families during all these different types of get-togethers. But before we get into all of that, how about some life updates? Bree, tell us what's going on in your world. What is going on in my world? Well, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, I'm preparing to go on a cruise. Yes, you are. Again. Another cruise. (laughs) Another cruise. Number three. I'm very excited about this one. This is my first quote unquote mega ship that I'm going on. It's Allure of the Seas Mm, by Royal Caribbean. And it's the really, really big one with like the zip lining and it's got a central park on it and all that. I'm also a little nervous, not to get too political, but Royal Caribbean is the first cruise line to allow (laughs) unvaccinated folks, and they're not even going to make vaccinated folks test. Yeah. So it's got me real nervous because cruise ships are absolutely petri dishes. I was just on a Disney cruise, but I felt fine because everyone had to present a negative test. So I, I don't know if it's just a mental thing, but it made me feel safer. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, it's just like unvaccinated people have to test, but it's just like, does any old test works? And it's just like, oh, okay. Yes. And you can have a low viral load and text, test negative. And yeah. then over the course of the six night cruise (laughs) you could increase and then like be symptomatic and spread it and it just has me a little nervous but i just have to have faith in my immune system yeah and ultimately i know i'm gonna enjoy myself like who am i kidding yeah (laughs) i'm gonna go like watch musicals and ice skate and zip line and lay out by a pool and Mm. drink fruity cocktails and have myself a good old time like who am I getting yes what's going on with you what's new with you well it is my favorite time of the year right now because it is 
almost football time. Actually, when this episode drops, we'll be like firmly in football season. And we're just going to say a prayer that my beloved Dolphins are doing well this season. Hopefully they're they're kicking some ass right now. My brother is a Miami Dolphin. <laughs> See what I did there? So he will be saying a prayer with you. Yes. See, for me and my household, it's all about college football, yeah. which at the time of recording, college football's back, baby. Go That's Gators. Right. <laughs> we just lost so many listeners. Oh. I'm just kidding. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's what I get. I deserve that. I deserve that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, so like football is just has always been like really special to me. Every Sunday, my me, my brother, and my nephew converge on my mom's house and spend Sunday watching football games there. She is very gracious to let us just like hang out there all Sunday. And she like cooks us a fun dessert and usually orders pizza for us. She's a gem. But yeah, so we do that like every Sunday. And then when it's not football season, I really miss all that togetherness. So I think it's going to be a fun year. I'm in two fantasy football drafts this year for the first time in a few years. So we'll see how that's going. We'll just say another prayer that... When this episode drops, I'm doing great in my fantasy football leagues. <laughs> but we'll see. What year was it that you won? Was it 2015, 2016? You've won since, I'm sure. But yeah. in our joint office league. In you won one year league, I was there. I did. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 2015, I want to say. Yeah, you're really a goddamn remember. champ. I am. I'm it's a fantasy football are. champ. Yeah. I was with a 16-team league, which is like... A lot of people. That's like the most you can have in one league. So it was quite impressive for me. There is one other thing I do want to comment on about what you said about your mother being a gem. She is absolutely beyond a gem (laughs) for having you over on football Sundays. Because you watching football is a terrifying sight. Yeah. Add my brother and my nephew to it and... I truly can't imagine being in in the house with all of you at once because I've watched you watch football games before. I thought my husband was bad. I thought my dad and brother were bad. Then I shared a couch with you whilst watching a football game. Yeah. You wouldn't know she's an introvert people the way that this girl can scream and curse at a TV screen. (laughs) Yeah, I get very passionate about my dolphins and you know what it's one of the things i love about you but i just needed all of our podcast listeners to know this (laughs) so good job mom you really are a gem for bearing witness to stephanie watching football every sunday that and then like i get it from somewhere and my brother has broken a trash can (gasps) while watching football (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so now my mom like whenever like he's a san francisco 49ers fan so whenever they're like on tv she's like don't even get close to the trash can don't do it like find some other way to get your anger out that's a very cute like family inside joke now yeah yeah it is don't get close to the trash can (laughs) all right well That was a good, like, life update talking about families because that's what we're talking about today. We're both talking about, like, families, family vacations, family get-togethers, all of that. Should I reprise? We 
our family. Okay, that's it. (laughs) So let's dig into the heart of today's episode, which is all about how we approach family events as two very different people. So I wanted to start our discussion just talking about and going over our family structure. So what does your family structure look like? Well, I want, so my gut instinct is to say, I have a very small family, but I now have extended family. Yeah. Thanks to getting married. So my core family, mom, dad, brother, and myself, so pretty small. And then my mom and dad's families are also very small in size. I don't have very many cousins at all. I have five first cousins, two of which are estranged. So I Mm -hmm. truly only have three. Most of the family that I spend holidays with are like second and third and fourth cousins. Like that's what I've got. Just unfortunate circumstances. My father's side of the family, a lot of the extended family was murdered in the Holocaust. It's crazy to think that we're just not that far removed from major interruptive life events like that so my dad's side of the family is very small and then my mom's side of the family also fairly small thanks to a couple of war situations and also unfortunate illnesses like alcoholism and drug addiction so not too too big there either but very loving like the family that does exist is very close and very loving and i'm very grateful for that sorry to cut you off but yeah. i was just like thinking about like this is something I think about a lot whenever I read like World War II or anything Holocaust is just like how many families like the family lines either stopped or there's just like not as many people in that family line anymore and just like how many people like we lost all of these people in the Holocaust and then we lost all of these like potential families and like that's yeah especially because it's like showing in your family yeah like so my dad's family murdered my mom's family fought Like, they were in the Air Force. They were in the Navy. Like, yeah. Crazy. Very crazy. So, but then Sean's family. So, my in-laws. Yes. That's a very (laughs) large family dynamic. My father-in-law is one of six. My mother-in-law is one of eight. So, there are a lot of aunts, uncles, and cousins there. Yeah. And I feel very blessed because they've really taken me in as family. It it feels very nice. So I now have a big family after having had a very small, tight-knit one for Mm -hmm. so, so long. Yeah. And that's my family. What's your family? My family. So it's sort of similar in a way, besides like Holocaust, because we are not Jewish. But my nuclear family is pretty small. There is me, obviously, my mom. I am estranged from my father, so I don't see him and I don't see any of my father's extended family. And he is one of six. So that was a lot of aunts, uncles and cousins that I do not have contact with. Also, my grandparents on his my paternal grandparents are both deceased. So then there's my mom, my stepdad now who doesn't have any family. Well, besides us, he does Mm -hmm. have family now, but he doesn't have extended family. Then my brother, my brother is married and they have two boys who are 14 and seven, which I don't like to say, but it's very, it's too much. So that's like my nuclear family. But then I have a bigger extended family as my mom is one of six and she is the only gal. So she has five brothers. And within those five brothers, I'm sorry, I have five uncles. 
I have four aunts, I have eight cousins, and now many of those cousins have families of their own. So I feel like at least three or four have children of their own. So, and husbands or wives or partners or whatever. So our family get-togethers can be very big when everyone's there because there's just a lot of us. A lot of babies, a lot of big kids, a lot of adults and it gets to be a lot there's it's just big and a lot's going on but that's what I don't have any in-laws to worry about so that's that's my family structure so my nuclear family like breathes pretty small but there's a lot happening when the whole family gets together so one of the things that I think can be like really different from family to family is the kinds of events that happen some families get together a lot and some do not so let's start with you Brie like what are some of the more like common family gatherings you're attending like a typical year primarily these days it's really just holidays it's yeah. holidays weddings and funerals Mm, yeah as like gloom and doom as that can kind of sound but that's pretty much when I see my families although now that my cousins and I are adults like with (laughs) with our own bank accounts Mm -hmm. we can actually make trips to see each other and that's that's actually been really nice so I'm closer with my cousins now than I ever have been before because they can come down for a long weekend I can go up for a long weekend they live in New York So when my work trips Mm -hmm. inevitably bring me to New York, which they have several times already, I get to sneak in some some family time with them, which is really, really nice. So I really, really like that. So I do have that too. So it's either really small scale visits kind of like that, or it's Thanksgiving, Mm -hmm. maybe Rosh Hashanah on occasion. We haven't, since grandparents passing, a lot of holidays have shrunk in size thanksgiving we still do a pretty we still do a pretty big thing primarily with my dad's side of the family one other thing i guess i should note and one other type of family gathering i have is the kind that i call chosen family Hmm. so while my mom has one living sibling and my dad only ever had one sibling they have a lot of friends that they've been friends with some as long as 50 years like my aunt annette and hi internet and some as short as like maybe 20-ish years but I call all of them my aunt and uncle and their kids who are all around my age yeah they're we view each other as cousins so we have a lot of chosen family and we do do we do do we do do (laughs) barbecues and pool parties yeah together as well as even like little vacations like my uncles two of my uncles just went up to visit my dad in North Carolina like so we have small smaller get-togethers like that too so i say most family gatherings are thanksgiving not even christmas because i do that with my in-laws which is a new new horizon i've had to explore (laughs) is now that i have you know quote unquote two families yeah i i share my family time between two families which is fun and it's starting to blend right like annual christmas parties which take place on not christmas like my in-laws come to my mom's and like my parents go to my in-laws and so like yeah so there's some blending happening but i would say like thanksgiving sometimes jewish high holy days weddings funerals 
the end. That was a really long-winded way of getting to a list of four freaking events. <laughs> you're an extrovert who likes to talk. Of course you're going to be long-winded. <laughs> so I see, like, my nuclear family pretty often. As I mentioned, like, during football season, I'll see, like, my brother, my nephew, like, weekly. I see my mom, like, I mean, we talk every day, and then I try to see her, like, face-to-face, like, at least once a week because I'm obsessed with my mother. There's anyway. nothing wrong with that. If I didn't live three hours away from my parents, I'd mm-hmm. see them all the time. Yeah. So I'd make my mom cook for me at least twice a week. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't make. I would ask her kindly would, and would she would do it. <laughs> and then like you would clean up all the dishes and you would probably help too. So I'll tell you what. My mom and I are both type twos. Okay. Oh, so gosh. she doesn't let me in the no. same way i don't let people no. i am my mother yes right mom you agree with that just just not along <laughs> <laughs> well same is true for me like my mom and i are both type nines and very like it's a very where do you want to go for dinner i don't know where do you want to go for dinner i think i picked last time so you have to pick this time it's a lot of that <laughs> i'm smiling so big because i can literally see that conversation <laughs> happen between the two of you always so yeah so i see them nearly weekly during football season outside of football season we do a bi-weekly game night so that's fun so that's like how we just like keep connected and then there's like the usual like dinners and such for birthdays with my extended family Honestly, we really only do Thanksgiving together, which is kind of crazy because we live, we all live within the same general area. But I think it's like once my grandparents, like my grandma had cancer for like the last eight years of her life. So like she was the one who was hosting all of these holiday gatherings. And then when she got sick, it was just like a lot for her. And like we tried to pitch in where we could, but it was just a lot to have like people over and for her to go places too. So it kind of, we kind of just like did Thanksgiving was like our big thing we would do. And then Christmas is usually we just kind of stay within our own families. Like my brother, like my mom hosts something for me and my brother and my stepdad and we all get together and we have a nice big dinner. We open presents and all of that. But like we don't go over to like families. We used to do that, but like it hasn't happened in a while. But I will say that we have some of my extended family live out of state. We have family in Georgia. We have family in Virginia. And I think that's all. And they will usually come down to Florida around summertime for like a week to, you know, spend the week at the beach and all of that and enjoy that. And then we'll we'll usually go out with them. A lot of times it happens around like 4th of July. So we'll have like a big like 4th of July gathering with everyone. And that's usually really fun. But other than that, we don't really get together. Sometimes I'll get together with my cousin but for the most part it's usually like that thanksgiving is like when we all like get together and like talk and all of that so has your family ever done like a like a dedicated and called it a family reunion we did something we didn't really call it a family reunion but we did like a i think it was for my grandparents 50th wedding anniversary we did like a big party for them I remember because it got rained out because we had it at like a park and it got rained out so we had to like go to a different location but we did have that with 
what I would call like our family reunion because we had everyone like come to like celebrate. Hey, like this is like because they're our, our patriarch and our matriarch. They're like the people who like got this like this whole family that we have is because of them, which is like sometimes I love like thinking about that because I'm like, if they didn't love each other, then this whole family wouldn't be here. Okay. I, I love love. It's so sweet. Do not apologize <laughs> at all. So like we kind of had everyone there for that to like celebrate them. And just like we had like some extended family, like not extended family. We had some like family friends and stuff like my grandma before she passed away. She has friends that she had been friends with for like 50 years like and they were just part of our family too kind of like your mom does like they just they're part of our family because like they were a there throughout everything grandma went through and then just like they're just people who like would open up their doors if we needed like a place for a party or something so i love that yeah what about you family reunions nope nope nothing not a thing not no. once. Like I said, it's weddings and funerals. Weddings and funerals. Yeah, like we haven't had like the only funerals we've had were for like my grandma and my grandpa. Those were like and they were like within three years of each other. So it was like very difficult, like losing our two like our patriarch and our matriarch within like three years of each other. And then it's kind of like, where do we go from here? So now we're just like a bunch of like aunts and uncles and cousins and like trying to like keep the family together yeah so let's go through the process of getting an invite to a family party how are you feeling when you get that invite what what is that process like for you tell me everything my little social butterfly oh my gosh so this one i think might really surprise you It's definitely dependent on what the invite is for. Mm -hmm. If my mom is, if my mom or my mother-in-law is giving me the date for their Christmas party, I'm very happy. (laughs) I'm happy to receive that invitation. I save the date right away. And I'm usually telling my friends who live nearby if they'd like to come stop by that that's the date of the party. I like those types of invites admittedly i actually thought like our holiday get togethers can actually be a little overwhelming for me Mm. i think it's because i'm often asked the same few questions yeah how's work going (laughs) are you gonna have kids anytime soon (laughs) how's the house how are the dogs those are the questions i get good family no offense if you're listening i'm so sorry those (laughs) questions stress me out yeah i'm so sorry can we like just talk about other things right yeah (laughs) so i definitely react differently obviously funeral invites are rather upsetting and i love a good family wedding invite yeah that just makes me really happy i do sometimes think about the logistics like uh especially for new york family like traveling up there and stuff like that but it, it to me it's not a problem like to me it's an excitement thing so that's how I react and I truly like when I get to see my cousins I love it I love yeah. it so much I, I love it that. so much and even my new my in-law family I am happy and excited about most invitations except for 
I always feel super awkward for like the invites for the kids parties like Mm. when Sean's cousin's kids are turning like one or two or five like I don't feel I'm meant to attend those yeah the bridal showers and the baby showers absolutely and I've gone to several and I've enjoyed them and loved them a lot but like the kids parties because I don't have a youngin of my own I always feel kind of awkward at those even with family yeah even with family even when I love the tiny human a lot oh yeah I find them like I feel like slightly uncomfortable even as an extrovert Mm. I think because I can't really relate to most of the people who show up really hard to find common ground no I get that completely because I have to go to like my nephew's birthday parties all the time and like I just feel like I just stand around looking like a weirdo at like a kid's birthday party because like I don't really even though I've seen like it's funny because I've seen like these people for the last like 10 or something years like you would probably like love this because you'd be able to like talk to these people (laughs) because I've seen them for the last 10 years but like I've literally never said a word to them and just smile at them (laughs) so it just feels awkward and I'm just like okay, when when can I go home? Because it's, it's just, not that way for every family event. It's just the kids' no, parties. just the kids' parties. For me, like, I actually really do love family events. I love Thanksgiving, obviously. And I love just, like, getting together for birthdays and stuff like that. I think it's fun. I love, I just, there's just something like comforting about like being around family who like gets you very well and like we've all been through a lot of the same things together so there are times when I feel a little bit of that like lone introvert in the sea of extroverts at like a family gathering even though I feel like we have a good like mix between introverts and extroverts like my mom's always there and she's an introvert but like I guess I have that like worry that I'm like the family weirdo that they have to invite to things even though that's my own issue I need to talk to my therapist about probably if you guys could see the glare (laughs) yeah I I am giving I got a big Brianna glare yes so I also think about like logistics too like I start immediately thinking about like the logistics that's like something you will like learn about me is like logistics is like my anxiety trigger it's just like okay, what I'm, what do I need to bring? When do I need to show up? Who is going to be there? How long is it going to be? How long do I need to stay there? Are we going to go to like a second location? Like if we're at the beach, are we going to go somewhere else? Like all of that I have to like worry about before the family event. And then I just, I just feel like I have to like pep myself up for these, even though I know I'll have fun, but I just have to be like, all right, this is what you're going to do. This is when you're going to leave. Like, this is what you're going to bring. Like, just kind of, like, setting myself up for, like, success by, like, figuring out all the logistics and, like, pepping myself up for that. That's definitely a big key difference for us. Yeah. I don't have that process. Lucky, lucky, lucky. Okay, so let's talk about when we're at our family gatherings like are you the social butterfly that I think you are aside from being asked the same four questions but how what is it like when Brie is at a family party I know this will not surprise you I am a social butterfly (gasps) I I am shocked I do oscillate between because inevitably even in a semi-intimate family gathering there are always groupings there are always Mm -hmm. little groups people yeah 
I am absolutely the person who floats from group to group to group to group. Oh my gosh. To say hi and conversate. I can't help myself. But it's like, I have to talk to Aunt Robin and Uncle Steven, and then I need to go over to my cousins Harvey and Renee and say hi to them. And then, like, I'd go check on the kids who are petting my dogs and playing with them. Like, I can't help myself. <laughs> I think you and my grandfather would have gotten along famously. Except problematically, I think he and I would have sat down and started talking and then never stopped. Yeah. Well, because there was this one, my mom and I talk about this all the time, like, as a a fond memory but there's this one day party that like we were all like in a room like eating cake and stuff and we watched pops walk around to every single person throughout the room like he just did like a circle around the room talking to everyone there and just like conversating with them and like and we were just like well nobody can leave that party and say that like nobody talked to them because like pops talk to everyone and like i just feel like you guys could have like gone like separate ways and like met in the middle (laughs) i am very like your grandfather in that way i absolutely make my rounds yeah i love it i have something to say to everyone in the room (laughs) man i wish i could be like that because i just like get to somebody and i'm like i have no idea what to cool party i also really like acquiring affection from my family Mm mm-hmm I don't know if everyone feels the need to get that level of validation, but I do hug my aunts and my cousins and I ask them to tell me how much they love me. (laughs) That is not reserved for just Sean. Everyone gets that treatment. Yeah. Like, I love you. I miss you. Love me, please. So needy. I am so emotionally needy. And that neediness is not just for friendships absolutely as needy with my family do you feel like do you have a lot of like big family gatherings or is it like more like because I know like Sean's side of the family is like really big so like are you finding yourself going to a lot of like big events or like smaller I would say more big events Mm -hmm. so it's just like a lot of people to talk to yes and like I think that's like useful for especially for an extrovert because it's just like oh there's all of these different people I can I can go to whoever I want where it's not like a smaller event it's just like people might be more like stuck to like who they're like who they know or something where this one you can be like there are so many different people to talk to I do appreciate having the variety especially if I get tired of a conversation with one person I can excuse myself and move on to the next (laughs) a little less possible in a smaller gathering situation regardless of what family event it is but I do okay like I don't find smaller events to be more or less draining Mm -hmm. of like my energy if that makes sense yeah I mean, it doesn't as an introvert, but yes, I get what you're saying. I was gonna. I was just about to ask, like, does the size matter for you? Oh, I would a hundred percent rather be at a small gathering with like ten or fewer people. Um, anything that like has a lot of people, I start getting very like tense and like in my head and just like feeling very drained very quickly just because there's so many people there's so many conversations happening usually if somebody like engages me in conversation then that's like drains on me because I'm just like oh god now I gotta like try to talk to them and like have a good response and all of that and just be interesting (laughs) so I would definitely 
I prefer like the smaller gatherings, especially with like family I know really well, which is like we don't have to do the whole like, mm, how's life? When are you going to get married? Sort of thing. <laughs> it's just Those like, questions are so tough. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. How yeah. about you ask me when I'm going to go grocery shopping? I know the answer to that one. Exactly. <laughs> ask me about books. Although then that can be hard when they're like, what is the best book you just read? And I'll just, like, I'll just be like, all of them? So for me, I think the hardest part of a family gathering is like the 15 minutes right before I have to get there. So that's when I'm like starting to think about like parking and who will already be there when I show up. And will there be any surprise guests I'm not expecting? So I get, I start getting very like anxious and like my heart rate increases and I get like really, I just get, my mind starts racing. So then I have to like, before I get out of the car, I just like take a few deep breaths, try to like center myself and cheer myself on to be like, you can do this. You got this. It's okay. It's going to be like five seconds where you just enter and then you're going to see who's there. You're going to see what you need to do. And then you can like calm down. And this actually just happened last week when I went into the office because we, we're we not really going into the office like regularly, mm-hmm. but I went in, our office is now more of like a co-working space. And like I went in at like just a random time in the morning and I had to be like, oh my God, what if I can't find a desk? And what if everyone looks at me? Or what if nobody says anything to me and all of this? So I had to be like, it's okay. Like going up the elevator, I was like, you got this, you got this. It's going to be five seconds. And like five seconds, you just walk in and you're going to figure out what you need to do. But like, there's all of that buildup I have that like, I feel like most people can't relate to, but like, I'm just like, what's going to happen? I'll tell you what, I don't have that with family gatherings. At other types of parties where I am a guest and I don't necessarily know the rest of the guest list, I get a little bit of that, like, mm-hmm. like anticipatory anxiety yeah. where I'm not really sure what to expect. Yeah. I'm also the type of person who likes structure. Yeah. So when you don't know what to expect, there's a lot of anxiety around that. But it's not anxiety around having to engage with people I don't know. It's just engaging with the unknown yeah that makes sense yeah um, god I feel like I'm getting very existential but with family I don't get any of that mm-hmm. I don't have to hype myself up I often don't even I don't want to say I don't get dressed because it's not like I'm greeting my family mm-hmm. at most family events in pajamas but I tend to stay very comfortable I'm not trying to like dress to impress again oh, because and if I, I don't know if you're about to ask this and I'm getting ahead, but like if there's one thing I could do differently for family gatherings, it's again, slowing down and documenting. Yeah. <laughs> I have shockingly few photos from family events, much to my mom's dismay because she's always encouraging me every Thanksgiving after we finish watching the parade, she's always encouraging me to just do a little something with my hair put on a slightly nicer outfit because she wants to take a picture. Yeah. And I gripe about it. She's completely right, by the way. Like, we should absolutely have family photos Mm -hmm. from family gatherings. Yeah. And I throw a hissy fit every time. (laughs) When will I learn? Mom, this is my public apology to you. (laughs) You are so correct. Like, I should embrace documenting family events. And I don't. 
this might be the theme of my life. Yeah. We got to get you to document your life better. Fuck. How do I hire a personal historian? You have to be the historian of your own life. No, that is not what I wanted to hear. (laughs) Can't you just come with me everywhere? (laughs) Yes. I love like documenting and taking photos. So like, yeah. Yeah. So I have, yeah, I do have that like weird anticipatory anxiety just like right before I like enter like a family gathering. It's just like making sure I know who's there. And like this was happening for book club a while for a while where I was like, getting really anxious about book club like entering book club and like like we like like who's gonna be there and like who's gonna be at the restaurant and what the part like for a while but now I don't even I get I don't get that way about book club which I'm like I'm so proud of myself like go me should be yeah and like like with book club I'm just like oh I don't need to like perform for them anymore like they love me as is although my family does too I was gonna say I have a little secret for you you are a very interesting person. Oh, thank you. Dento. Yeah. And speaking of, not speaking of, that that was not the right transition. You were talking about being a social butterfly and how you flip through the person to person talking and getting hugs. Yeah. I'm going to surprise the hell out of you right now. Are you ready to be surprised? I am ready. And I'm, all, I'm like, I'm like moving around in my seat excited. Okay. I am not a social butterfly at family gatherings. Shut up. No, I'm serious. I'm not. It's I I pick a spot. Hopefully it's by a dog or a cat that I can pet. And I stay there. Maybe I'll get up to eat, but then I'll go back to my spot. <laughs> That's how I do it. Color me surprised. I know. Wow. Bree is just like, she is like on the floor. She is so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like i love going to my cousin rachel's house for like she usually hosts thanksgiving now and i love going to her place because she has like multiple dogs multiple cats especially a really fat cat that i just i just love i love it and i just like find one and like i just she has one that's like just wants you to sit with him and like pet him and that is what i will do i'll just be like you are mine now my mom has a photo of me at like we did a birthday party at her house and like I have a cat behind me and then two dogs next to me and then a dog at my feet (laughs) that is so you that is prime Stephanie at a party just like give me all the animals and I will pet them and I'm sorry if you can't sit next to me to talk to me because there's so many dogs around me but Go talk to somebody else, I guess. I've got a dog to pet and talk to. You're the epitome of, like, the memes. Like, I'm the girl at the party. You'll find the dogs. Like, you really I literally am that person. (laughs) That is what I'm like at a family party. That's who I am. Okay, let's wrap up with anything you wish you could do differently. So I know you talked about documenting. And you're going to have to think of and, like, Looking pretty. No, I don't want to say looking pretty because you always look pretty. But just dressing up a little bit for pictures. Is there anything else you would wish you could do differently at a family party? Yes. Okay. Tell me. Actually reach out and set one up. Ooh. In a twist, 
especially for being a type two, literally known as like the hostess, I've never hosted a family event outside of my wedding. Yeah. And if we really want to get into it, my bat mitzvah when I was 13, I would also consider a huge party family event. But beyond that, I've always, quote unquote, left that responsibility up to the adults. But I had this newsflash recently. I am the fucking adult now. Wait, what? I know. Somewhere in the last... 10 15 years i became qualified as an adult who can do the outreach like i can call my aunts and uncles and invite them to come over i can set up a family picnic if i want i can coordinate a family vacation i can be the initiator which people find so surprising as me being a type two that i'm not necessarily that thoughtful to do that I've just always left that up to my elders, but they're at the point where like they're like that shouldn't fall on them anymore. Yeah. Like it's, it's my turn. So that's the thing I'm actually hoping in the next year to sort of turn over that leaf of. I'm going to be the one who initiates those get togethers and those plans and, and whatever, because I, I really don't. I really haven't. I have always left that to my elders and I've placed the responsibility and blame on all of them for the lack thereof. Yeah. And if it bothers me as much as it does, I got to do something about it. So that's the thing I really wish I could do differently is like be the one. If I'm not met, that says something to me, but I have the feeling it's just going to pleasantly surprise and bring delight and joy to people I love so yeah. that's that's my plan you are blowing my mind right now because I'm just like thinking about this and I'm like oh I could do that too because like I'm the same way where I'm like hey why don't we get together for like Easter or something like why are we not doing that and you know I could be like hey let's go meet at a park and like have like have our Easter celebration there or let's or like do it at my mom's house like she or like we've been wanting to do like a pool party for so long with like the family but we have it and it's just like why can't I just like organize that like but I think it's like we are stuck in this mindset that we're like the kids of the family and we're like even though in every other aspect of our lives we know we're the adults like we're the ones setting our like doctor's appointments we're the ones who are paying all our bills and like we're doing it all like in every other aspect of our lives, we are the adults. Like we have, we're taking care of our own pets. Like we're not leaning on mom and dad to do that anymore. But like when it comes to like family events, you just think, oh no, that's like somebody else's responsibility when like, no, this like, and like my cousin gets that cause she like does Thanksgiving and she does everything for it. And like, I shouldn't rely on her to do like all of the, cause she even like brought up like Easter this year and I was like, great. And I was just like waiting for her. And I'm like, I could have I could have done something. I could have helped her out. She doesn't have to do everything. So I think that's going to be my. Yeah, I think I was going to say something similar. Like I want to do more like family events because we all live nearby. And like it would be nice to see everyone and be reminded that we have all of these people in our corners. And I think maybe I will spearhead it. Well, let's keep each other accountable on that. Let's do it. I love it. 
Okay, well, that was our discussion on family parties and our family structures and how it works. We hope some of you felt seen by our conversation. Maybe you're also the introvert who has to pump yourself up before you enter a family party, or maybe you're the little social butterfly talking to everyone and making them feel loved and accepted like Brie does. But now let's go to a tip of the episode. Brie? You got some tip, a tip or two, probably just one. A tip for our extroverts at family parties. Okay, so my tip is to bridge generational gaps. Ooh, I like it. So something that's pretty common in like my family is that there are huge age gaps. There are multiple generations in a given room. And everyone has something to contribute to the family table, so to speak. So... My advice is, like, if there's a bunch of cousins your age at the party, don't just chat with the cousins that are your age. Check in on your aunts and uncles, see what they're up to, and check on, like, your cousin's kids or, like, your siblings' kids and your nieces and nephews and stuff like that. Like, the kids and the people your age and your elders. Like, make sure you're connecting with all of them. That's my tip. I love it. My tip is for our introverts, and I want to challenge all of us to come prepared with some questions to ask people. Now, we all know that people love talking about themselves, and showing an interest in your loved one's lives is never a bad thing. And I think, especially for me as an introvert, it is hard for me to think of questions on the spot, but If you have some in mind that you can like think of beforehand and have like in the back of your head. So if you just have like questions, you could like ask, engage people in conversation. So you just have like some hard hitting questions that aren't like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? Just like some fun things to ask people. That way you can talk to people and feel a little bit better about your conversation skills and just... Ask questions that you want to know the answer to or like stuff that you could talk to them with and how like build a conversation off that. And I think it not only like makes the experience a little bit better where you're not just like sitting by yourself and like annoyed that nobody's talking to you, which is me, (laughs) but it also like you learn more about your loved ones and like it's just always good to like exercise those conversational skills for our introverts so we can like start become better conversationalists. May I piggyback on that piece of advice? Yes, ma'am. One thing that I've had to do in the work setting that I think would actually be brilliant at family gatherings is looking up icebreaker questions. Those are great questions that you wouldn't necessarily normally generate on your own that can kind of get people's wheels turning, such as, what's an interesting article you've read lately? What was the last show you finished? Yeah. Um... If you could be any kitchen appliance, which one would you be and why? Yes, that's an icebreaker question. I absolutely asked my team a few months ago. What was your answer? A coffee maker. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'd be a coffee maker, but some people would be an oven because they like to bake. Some people would be a blender because they like, they 
they like a lot of different activities akin to like liking a lot of different fruits put together and blended together. I don't know. Was, I would be a I, popcorn I maker. outside the box. It was good. You would be what? I would be a popcorn maker because I start out smooth and it, everything seems like it's going fine. And then I go crazy. <laughs> and But then I'm delightful when and, I eat the popcorn. And you're tasty. Yeah. And salty. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, look. Wait, I'm ice. salty. Well, popcorn salty. You're not salty. <laughs> well, if you've been slighted, you can be salty. <laughs> I can be salty. Man, kids in their <laughs> language these days. No, but like looking up icebreaker questions yeah. ahead of time could actually give you some ideas for things to ask your loved ones. It's just I different. Love it. I love, I love that. it. So thank you for inspiring that piggyback. Thank you for piggybacking. Piggybacking. Piggying backing. <laughs> okay. Obsessions. Let's talk about them. What are you obsessed with, Brie? Okay, listen. Hear me out. And I already called you out at this at book club yesterday, so there's that. I just finished season two of Only Murders <laughs> in the Building, and I just cannot wait for season three. It was so good. I still need to watch it. I promise it's like next on my list. Once I finish up Superstore, which I only have like a few episodes left. but Which I will give you props for that because I also really enjoyed Superstore. However, remember how much you loved Ted Lasso? I loved it so much. That's the feelings I have for only murders in the building. Okay. Just to, just to like, perspective set that yeah. for you. That's my current I obsession. I I would like to become Selena Gomez if I could. I think that'd be kind of nice. Okay. I'm maybe becoming obsessed with her. During the pandemic, she did a chef cooking show, like, where she had, like, she set up cameras in her new house, in her new kitchen, and then she had, like celebrity chefs guest host with her and teach her how to cook things <gasps> that's amazing virtually yeah and she did like several seasons Dang. and it's just so enjoyable to watch her also because i like a lot of celebrity chefs so it's been very enjoyable so like when we finish only murders in the building i wasn't done being in love with and watching selena gomez so i started watching that is that like on a streaming show or is it just like yeah i'm fairly certain it's also on hulu okay but I could be wrong. I'll link it with the name in the show notes. And by me, I mean, eventually one of us will put it in the show notes. <laughs> yes. We will do that. What um, about you? What are you currently obsessing okay. over? So my obsession is a book that you recommended to me. How to Not Die Alone by Logan Yuri. This book was so eye-opening for me. It's all about dating in the modern age of apps and like how to just make it work for you. I have been dating on the apps for far too long. I go on and off them because sometimes it's just very annoying to be on the apps. But it allowed me to look at dating, like app-based dating in like an entirely new way until it remind us that like this is not like a normal way of dating and like it's supposed to be hard because it is it's hard because it's supposed to be hard like they make it that way like the app developers they're not here really to make you find love 
even though they might pretend they are. Well, when you find love, you stop using the app. Exactly. So, and like, there's just so many options now. Like, you can be on like 10 different apps, like, and like, just see, obviously, you'll probably see the same people there, but like, you'll just see so many different people and like, there are so many more options, but I really recommend this book to anyone who is dating in today's modern age, especially if you're, I wouldn't say like, I don't know, I think it's more geared towards like the 20s and the 30s, 30 somethings. But I think it, she lays out like a really tactical plan of like how to like set up your dating profile and how to message people and like how to set that date and what like the date should be like and having like a pre-date ritual and then a post-date like debrief with yourself like how did you feel on that date did you feel good did you feel comfortable or did you not feel good and like she also has like this idea that you should always go on a second date with somebody even if the first date sucked I mean obviously if you felt terrible or like uncomfortable and stuff you should go on that second date but if it was just like I don't know if I'm feeling it like maybe try that second date because you never really know who what they're coming into that first date with and maybe like the second date things will get better I will say I've done that a lot and it's never worked out for me but I'm willing to try it if she tells me to because I very much trust her judgment at this point in my life but I highly recommend it and it was a great recommendation I'm really glad that it affected you in such a way I can't take all the credit because it was Mina yes who recommended so shout out to you Mina thanks Mina (laughs) yes the irony being Sean and I are an app dating success story but it is that doesn't mean it was easy I I got lucky yeah and it is a lot of luck (laughs) it is yeah I know I feel like I know more people now like who meet through the apps like that's how my mom and stepdad met like they met through the apps so like and just like most people like nowadays that's just it's not it used to be something that was so weird to like online dating is so weird it's just the weirdos on there but now it's just like everyone's on there and that's how you meet people I mean before apps it was the internet so it's not super super new because my for perspective my grandfather passed away when I was 16 and my grandmother passed away when I was about to turn 11 and we put him on J-Date <laughs> after my grandmother passed so he wouldn't be so lonely. Yeah. And he had plenty of girlfriends from that. And actually, my cousin, who is, I don't know how old she is, and I would not dare share that. But for perspective, her kids are in high school and college mm-hmm. now, met her husband in an online chat room, AOL style. Oh, Wow. Yeah, so yeah. online dating, dating has yeah. ha- app dating is is significantly New. newer, but online dating's actually been around a little a little while. Yeah, I think it's it's been around, but I feel like it hasn't been like accepted since. Like, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird like you wouldn't want to say like, oh, this is how I met this person. Like until now, it's just like, oh yeah, we met on Hinge. It's fine. Like now, it's like not weird, but. Anyway, that's my obsession for this episode. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to The Friendship Paradox this week. We would love it so, so much if you would leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts so people can learn about our show and find out how great it is. 
And thank you for the people who are already rating our show because we have gotten a few like five star ratings and that's real fun. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at the Friendship Paradox. And if you care, you could please just tell a friend about the podcast and talk about what we're talking about with your friends. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. We want to know. We do. Thanks I'm so much. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I'm Stephanie. I'm Bree. Thanks for hanging out with the Friendship Paradox. We'll see you next week.